I am so scared of the Grinch. He is bad vibes. And we don't talk about that. Dr. Seuss needs his license revoked for coming up with that story. I would have these dreams as a kid that the Grinch was like eating me. And that sucked, obviously. So I probably have to like heal my inner child or whatever. Welcome to your weirdest fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Dr. Seuss, how the Grinch stole Christmas, turned 65 this year. And while time is said to heal all wounds, some people, like the person we just heard, cannot shake the character and have even come to believe that he's going to come for them, despite having a change of heart at the end of that story. Why does the Grinch still get such a bad rap? <laughs> our big question today. And our expert, Dr. Philip Nell, has a couple of theories. In addition to being the director of the English department in children's literature over at Kansas State, he's also somewhat of a Dr. Seuss expert. I love him already. I love Dr. Seuss as a kid. Dr. Nell, you think the Grinch is scary? Well, I didn't think the Grinch was scary, but I can understand <laughs> why people might. He is, after all, green. And, you know, I think a lot of people meet the Grinch via the television special, which the voice is provided by Boris Karloff, right? Who is the, the voice of Frankenstein's monster. You know you open the door to this, right? Can I do it? You're a mean one, Mr. <laughs> Grinch. I think that's why my voice ended up this low because I used to practice Mr. Grinch. So you heard the person who called in. Is this the first instance where an adult was this worried still about the Grinch? I don't, I don't know if it's the first. It's new to me. Freud said that we are afraid of the uncanny, which is something that leads back to what is old and familiar. And so what Freud said is, you know, when you're a kid, you have these fluid boundaries between what is live and dead. You know, you're happy if the doll talks to you. That's just so much fun. Whereas an adult, if a doll sits up and talks, you freak out. According to Freud, that's because, well, you know, when you're a kid, you, you sort all this out. You know, you repress all this stuff, inanimate things coming to life and all that. But then if that you hit that as an adult, it's a return of the repressed and it frightens you. So maybe for this particular person, the Grinch represents some kind of return of the repressed. Can we steer people away from having these fears with the characters that are produced in children's literature? Children's literature can help us confront our fears. So that's definitely a function of story. If, if you want a Sue story that does that, in the book, The Sneetches and Other Stories, there's a story called, What Was I Scared Of? Ooh. And in it, the main character goes on these uh, nighttime walks and He's a pair of pants with nobody inside them. And that freaks him out, understandably. By the end of the story, he discovers that he and the pair of pants were both scared of each other. And they become friends because he confronts this fear. The Grinch story is not really so much about fear. It's more about the sort of moral conversion that he undergoes at the end of the story. Right. Plus, the Grinch never wore any pants. So there we go. <laughs> what are some of the other characters, would you say, could leave that kind of impression? Not that that was the intent, but what are the characters come to your mind when you think of those which could carry over? Well, when I was a child, I was terrified of the Wicked Witch of the West in the Wizard of Oz film. It doesn't scare me now, but uh, it did then. I find the other mother in Neil Gaiman's Coraline quite creepy. And uh, Coraline gets trapped in this other side of the house and has to get out and has to outwit this evil creature. And, and that is creepy. So <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Back to the Grinch and this person that really I have to ask, though, because it is Christmas and it's a happy time that the Grinch is trying to steal Christmas. Had it been like the Grinch who stole Valentine's Day, would we be having this conversation? That's what makes him the villain, whether that makes him scary or not. 
I don't know. Although Tim Burton's movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas, was inspired by The Grinch. So I, I think Tim Burton might agree with you there. He's an interesting character, though, because, I mean, what makes him bad is what makes him compelling. <laughs> so is it true Dr. Seuss changed the meaning of the word Grinch? Because Grinch denotes the clenching of one's teeth, right? Originally, yeah, that's what the, the word Grinch meant. It means to clench the teeth or to make a harsh grating noise with your teeth. But since Seuss's story, the Grinch now has the sense of a grouchy anti-Christmas killjoy. You know, this, this Scrooge-like <laughs> character. He didn't invent the word. He did change what it means. Did the Grinch appear in something else prior to the Grinch who stole Christmas? As the Grinch, he, he first appears in a magazine story that Seuss wrote called The Hubub and the Grinch that appeared uh, two years before the book. And this Grinch is a con artist, and that's what he has in common with the other Grinch. He tries to swindle a hubub that piece of green string is worth more than the sun. So, <laughs> so he's also a liar. He's not really as frightening or as devious. As menacing, yeah, or as devious, yeah. He said, I'll quote Seuss here, and I should also say that when Seuss talks about himself or about the origins of his stories, he's always telling you a good story. It may or may not be true. He was more interested in telling you an amusing story or an interesting story than one that was accurate. But what he said when the book was published, I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of last December when I noticed a very grinchish countenance in the mirror. It was Seuss. Something had gone wrong with Christmas, I realized, or, or more likely with me. So I wrote the story about my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that I'd obviously lost. Oh, my. So that's Seuss's story of where it came from. Yeah. And now I've got this caller with the weirdest fear saying Seuss needs his license revoked. His license plate actually read Grinch. <laughs> really? And that was his license plate. So, oh, my gosh. So to bring it full circle back to your caller. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dr. Philip Nail. And I appreciate <laughs> you, sir. Thanks for having me. This time of year, parents take their kids to holiday photo shoots with Santa Claus, the Grinch, and other Christmas characters. Now, if your child cries and screams when you put them on Santa's lap or when you force them to take a picture with the Grinch, child psychologists say don't force them to take the pictures or videos. Some parents intentionally scare their kids by having the Grinch pop out of the bushes and chase them, all while recording it on video. Ha ha. Therapists say all of this can be traumatizing for a kid. I mean, think about it from a child's perspective. These figures are big and you can't really see their faces. Santa has that big beard covering his and the Grinch has green stuff all over him. And if you're thinking, well, my child likes them on TV, what's the difference? Well, experts say seeing them on TV in the safety of their home is not the same as seeing them in person. Here's what Parenting Magazine says. First, when you force a child to take these pictures, it hurts the trust between you and the kid. Children expect parents to be the protector, so leaving them screaming and crying while you smile and laugh breaks that trust. Second, forcing kids to do this tells them their feelings aren't valid. It also teaches them to put their feelings to the side. I know, it seems like harmless fun, and I've even laughed at a few of those. <laughs> but children are too young to understand what's happening, so while the adults are laughing in a child's mind, they're fighting for their lives. This increases the risk for nightmares, anxiety, and PTSD. Same thing goes for the Easter Bunny. In fact, I will almost guarantee that come this spring, we're going to get a fear from somebody who has a fear of rabbits. I wouldn't blame them, though. A bunny recently ate my friend's wedding ring. Apparently, the rabbit heard it was 18 carrots. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Your Weirdest Fears. 
I want to know your fears. So share them and you could be featured in the podcast. You want to email us at your weirdest fears at odyssey.com. That's your weirdest fears at odyssey.com. You can also send it to us, of course, on social. Pull out your phone and tap the episode description and you'll find all the ways you can send us what you are afraid of. The Grinch. Can I do it one more time? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Oh, I love that. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show, please rate, please review, please subscribe to us. You can find us on Odyssey app or wherever you get your pod. Your Weirdest Fears is a production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks to producers Jill Webb and Dempsey Pilat. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer right there. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcasts. And I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.